Dan Mack is back, and this year she has sought out the best customer-centric thought leaders from around the world. Are you after practical, accessible, and customer-centric marketing? You're in the right place. Sit back and enjoy Dan's small business podcast. Some what we call rapid response webinars to to help people adjust to the changing circumstances, and this is one of them. We thought that um, we should do something in terms of helping people restart. And what I'm finding as a business advisor is that a lot of people are needing to recalibrate their marketing simply because things have changed. And um, I've got clients who are just changing their business model totally in some cases, but at the very least, we need to look at where our marketing has been and what it should be in the future. So that's why Danielle and I have put this um, webinar together. Uh, it's something that she has road tested with one of my clients and her online sales have doubled from 100,000 to 200,000 in just a month. So that's a pretty extraordinary outcome. And, you know, that'd be, it'd be great if everybody could achieve something like that, but nevertheless, everybody can improve. And so that's what this webinar is about. Um, I've been working with Danielle for, I don't know, maybe six or seven years now. And She's been an outstanding marketing consultant for, for many of my clients and they've achieved some really good outcomes. And so I would commend her to you today. So thanks, Danielle, over to you. Thanks, Ken, I really appreciate it. I hopefully you can still see that and I'll share that in a few minutes. It's just a couple of questions to canvas some background um, from the group. So we'll do that in a minute. Um, but I guess the main, reason that's probably brought you here today is as Ken was alluding to your business so you know what's happening in the environment and what do we need to do about it I'll be um, going through two different resources and flipping between both of them um, so let me just see make sure I've got it on the desktop and then I can do both so that we don't lose anyone so um, you would have received a URL to the teachable course. So let me just bring that up now. Um, so this course is the basis or the background to the research that I've done and what we need to do. Um, so that's there. We will look at some of the resources um, towards the end of this webinar. Um, and if you haven't received access to that, let me know at the end and I'll ensure that you get access to it. Um, but for today, most of it will be through this slide deck and us having a chat and I will forward the slide deck to you all at the end and a recording of this in case any of um, your peers have missed it but would have liked to have attended. Um, so let me just check. I think there might be a couple of others that just want to be added in. So I think I've got everyone added in now. Um, and I'll just leave that poll on for a few more minutes. If you get a chance to do it, um, that'd be great. Okay, so let's move ahead. What I wanted to focus on in this first webinar, and there's three in the series, Ken originally asked me, um, and I think we were looking at one webinar, but there's just, 
with marketing, there's so much that we can do at the moment and there's things that you shouldn't be doing as well, but it was just too much to put into one. So we've divided it up into three separate webinars. This first one is really about um, having a look at what the environment's like at the moment and then looking at how you can audit your business. And there's a few ways and tools we can use to do that. And then how do we align the communications that we're doing through different mediums to make sure that not only is it making a maximum impact, but it's actually not hurting your brand. Um, I know I've got a few clients in that wellness space and I know some of you are in wellness and manufacturing in IT. And even the response to some of the writing that's going on, you know, brands can um, be need to be really careful about how they voice their messages. Um, so the communication for impact can work both ways. So we're going to go through that. Let me just end this poll because I think most of you have done it now. Um, let's just end it and I'll show you where we're at. And I'll just share the results because I think it's sort of important to sort of get the temperature of the room. So the first question was around how many of you have um, tried to improve your marketing, you know, since the COVID restrictions. And it's sort of interesting to see that there's a bit of a mix here. So, you know, more than half of you have said yes, which is great. You've tried to adapt. Some of you haven't. Um, and some of you wanted to, but weren't sure where to start. So, you know, all, all being equal, um, you're in the right spot for each of those. Um, do you have a database of existing customers and and or um, channel partners and contacts? And most of you do, which is great. And if you don't, we can talk about that. Um, you could have a database, but how are you using it? And right now, that touch point between um, talking to your existing customers is really important. So we'll, we'll go through that at the end. And just how many of you are working remotely? So you can see that, you know, you're doing a bit of both or yes and um, and some of you are on site so there's a bit of a mix there and that's probably fairly representative of what I'm hearing as well um, and the last one have you had to rethink your online approach because of COVID and that's interesting as well sort of similar to the marketing effort half of you are some aren't um, some aren't yet so as we go through um, you know, I'll, I'll dig a bit deeper into some of those um, answers so that we can share the learnings throughout. All right, so let's go a bit further. Again, this URL is up the top if, if you need to go and look at that, um, but I will refer to it as we go forward. Um, let me just check that there's no more participants that I need to let in. There's just one more. So um, let's keep going. All right. So I'll just close that poll for now. So um, let me just make sure that I've got it on what we need. Yeah, we do. Um, so why? Why has things changed? Well, right now, it's, as you know, a very different world to what it was even three months ago, which is hard to fathom, but it is, and it's affected us in all different ways. Um, I'm sure all of you have got examples of how travel, um, how restrictions with um, physical distancing, 
and some of you have probably experienced that stockpiling in images and have been glued to the TV. So it's made a big impact on our lives and the lives of our customers. So this lockdown, especially if you're an international company, um, from a transport, logistics, the whole bit. So it's, it's, um, it's made an opportunity for some and for others, it's really brought into clear focus that there needs to be some adjustment of the business going forward. So some of the essential services, and I'm sure you're aware of like healthcare, pharmaceutical, food manufacturing, e-commerce delivery, sanitation and disinfection are the ones that I guess you could say have been able to maximise this opportunity. Um, and, you know, they're able to leverage that. But we're going to look at the businesses and what they've actually done and what you can do to move your business forward. I think one of the key things you really need to think about is what are your customers thinking about? So your existing customers, how are they feeling? What has... Um, changed in their behaviour. So we just saw in that poll, you know, half of you are working from home. You know, some of you are doing that juggle um, and businesses are definitely impacted um, by things like the environment. So questions that your consumers and all might have are, well, what happens if it gets worse? Um, how, how, are you going to survive that? I'll just actually make sure that you're all just mute. I think everyone should be on mute now. Um, and I'll take you off um, as in which, when you ask questions. But what happens if things get worse? Um, how are you going to be financially prepared? And this is in a business and a personal sense. So, you know, those of you who've got employees, I'm sure you've had um, discussions and they want to have discussions with you. It's really interesting when we look at some of the research, you'd think that health would have been one of those really top priorities, but particularly in Australia, the evidence suggests that health is less of a concern than the financial security. And certainly, you know, you might've thought that health would have been a more of a concern initially, um, but right now, no, it's definitely um, the latter because of where we are in, in controlling um, you know, the downturn of it. So what does this look like in terms of consumer behaviour? And I think this is where you can get some great insights in terms of how to pivot your business and also um, improve your marketing. So, you know, just some stats here, they, this has come, uh, the sources are at the bottom, but it gives you a bit of an idea of, you know, how many of us are in home, you know, being in home most of the time, how much time we're actually spending on our screens um, at, from different nations, it gives you an idea. And just in terms of the retail time that we're spending online to buy things. So even if you look at, Amazon. Um, I know that initially in March they put on an extra 100,000 employees and in April they were looking to put on another 75,000. So that gives you an idea of, you know, how our world's changed and what that actually means. Um, so understanding that market space is really important. I think a good way for you guys to do this is to just keep 
um, an eye on Forbes. Um, uh, there's also, you know, a number of different uh, consumer and business uh, sites that you can look at just to see what's going on so that you can um, show that reflection to your customers in, in the way that you communicate with them. In terms of businesses, so that was a little bit more consumer, we can see some of these trends starting to happen. This is from PwC and McKinsey, which are other resources that you can also track and, and keep an eye on. Um, so we can see that things are happening in terms of the digital transformation. Um, some companies were in that phase, but this has brought it forward. We can see that, you know, it's obviously driving innovation faster than it was before, that this face-to-face -face disconnect with customers and or employees, um, it, it, maybe there'll be some ramifications of that in terms of um, employee morale, but also, you know, they've got the opportunity to be a bit more flexible. So we're yet to see the impact of that as we go forward. Um, we definitely see the increase of communications um, with customers more digitally. So even Zoom, the platform that I'm on now, has its um, cost, uh, share cost has gone from something like $57 US to $147 US just in the last three months. So that gives you an idea of how businesses have adapted to communicate with their clients. I think I saw last night um, on ING that was showing a picture of um, some people talking to customers from their lounge room. So really reflecting what's going on as opposed to um, things as usual. And that grabs attention, obviously. Another big trend which is really important is moving from global to local. So that's incredibly important, not just in terms of um, your messaging, but also in terms of SEO, so search engine optimization. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. And of course, cash is king in terms of um, cash flow. That's obviously a big um, issue for many of us. And we'll talk through a little bit of that. And, um, and actually looking after your employees and, and this focus on um, being sustainable. And we could almost add into that you know, this writing and, and the value set of companies in terms of supporting equality and things, that's also coloured our world. So that's a little bit of background, just a, a little tidbit, if you like, um, you know, what happens on the internet within a minute. And so this gives you an idea of, um, you know, a big part of our day spent in front of a computer still if we're working and, in terms of the disruption of that day with all of these different elements um, and how many people are actually in these different elements online. So where we might have advertised more in different formats, this has accelerated um, the platforms that are online. So you might find that if your business wasn't online before, there's probably a more of an incentive to to change that behaviour because that's where we are. So let's look at some of the winners and losers online and then we'll look at what are the learnings that we can have and how do we audit our business to pivot. So as I was saying before, you know, Amazon have added, you know, 100,000 jobs and, and, and more plus in April. 
Um, obviously logistics and delivery. I was talking to the postman the other day and they were saying that they're putting on more employees, which is encouraging for those people who've lost jobs through um, travel or, or, or um, the automobile um, area. So there's some wins that can come out of that. And some of you are in the pharmaceutical area and I know that not all pharmaceuticals are finding some growth, but some are managing that obviously with the search for um, a vaccine for, for this latest epidemic. Um, we talked about the video conferencing and not just um, obviously Zoom, but all platforms. Most of you who are on Gmail will have seen that Google have um, added their um, video conferencing to uh, most of our um, templates to use. So they're obviously trying to leverage that space as well. In terms of the losers, there's no surprises there in terms of, you know, a lot of transportation um, and particularly cruise ships, and that's not surprising. Um, tourism, obviously, but also this oil and gas, um, and you can see BP's um, net worth going down considerably because we're just not traveling. So, um, you know, that's likely to be that way for some time. So how do they pivot and, um, and move their business um, in line with what's happening, not just in a three week, three month, you know, this could be a three year episode. Um, and also investment banking, you know, a lot of people aren't looking to invest at the moment um, with the returns being so low, um, but also the vol volatility within the market. So how are they pivoting? Traditional retail, um, you know, you would have heard that Target's pulling out of some of their stores. We've seen stores shut down. So there's things happening there. And then professional sports and entertainment, what a big chunk um, out of our lives in terms of not having the sport on, on TV, although it's coming back, which is great. Um, and cinemas and, and other um, disruptions to entertainment. And perhaps those that sit in between are, are things like banking um, and other services that are still really needed. Um, you know, doctors using the, the um, telehealth as a pivot example and manufacturing, um, you know, my client Edible Beauty, you know, coming out with a sanitizer that's all natural was a pivot for her brand and others I'm sure have done that. But how do we do that in a sustainable way now that society has changed? And, and yes, education, especially tertiary education with all of that funding from um, overseas now not available, how are they going to pivot um, to make up that loss? So that gives you, I guess, the landscape. And I'm sure that many of you are familiar with that. Um, sorry. Uh, uh, okay, I'll just put it in presentation mode so that you can see. Um, sorry about that, but that's okay. We'll just do that for you now. It's a little bit hard to move this out of the way. All these things on the screen, I'm just talking for a second. Um, and I'll just move this down so that we can. Um, 
It's harder than it looks, people. <laughs> Let me just see if I can't. There we go. I'll put it in presentation mode. Sorry about that. Um, all right. So let's keep rolling on. So there's obviously some winners and some losers on this slide. So, you know, I've listed some more and um, I'm sure each of you have got examples of where things have taken an uptick and things that have um, fallen behind. But one thing is for sure, we're not in a normal market. And so, you know, when we think about our customers, we think about a normal sales cycle. Um, if we think about the normal run rate, we're just not able to predict it like we were because the rules of engagement have changed. So I guess that brings us through to um, the first activity within that teachable um, online course, which was to really have a look and a deep dive into your business model. And one that um, has, I guess, fresh eyes on it. So rather than just put in things that are, you know, business as usual, we need to really look at those things that we can do differently because we're in a different market. And this is a really good opportunity to do it as a group and as a team, um, but to avoid groupthink, perhaps even break your business into a couple of different groups, looking at different elements. And we'll, we'll I'll go through that with you now. Um, I wanted to go through two clients that have done this, one in a B2B sense and one in a B2C sense so that you can apply that perhaps to your own business model. But just lingering here for a second, I think that, you know, if we look at the winners, that barrier to entry for us being in any of those spaces is perhaps huge because they've already got a leg up. They happen to just have, you know, an e-commerce business or a delivery business in logistics. And so they were able to adapt very quickly and make the most of the environment. Whereas if you like the losers or the ones that weren't in a business model that perhaps was able to adapt, they're still the businesses that we really want to look at or the opportunities we want to look at because they just haven't pivoted yet. Um, so the barriers to entry are less um, and we're going to go through in the next webinar in more depth who are um, some of these businesses and what have they actually done. So I just wanted to go through um, the audit example. Before I do this, let me just switch across and I'll just do a new share for a second um, to the audit within this um, seminar series. So those of you who have logged in into here, what, what I've tried to do is basically take you through a summary of what I've been talking about now. It looks at what has happened over the last 12 to 18 months and what are the most important elements or capabilities that you need for your business. So similar to the information I've provided, although on a slightly different tangent, it's looking at how you do e-commerce across many platforms. It's looking at the numbers behind the data so that you can start understanding what's happening in the environment and what's making a big impact in terms of your marketing. And we'll, we'll dig deeper into that. It's also looking at your supply chain and how you can make that work um, 
better for your business. So there's a few elements that are slightly different in there. Um, also looking at some information from um, McKinsey and company about who's a top performer and who's not in terms of um, the ability to, to, to um, take on some of those elements quickly. But I wanted to pivot down to the business canvas and this is what I'm gonna take you through. At the bottom of this, all of the downloads are here for you to use. So I have a template that you can download that's a PowerPoint deck where you can enter this in for yourself. You can download that and do that later or some of you might have already um, you know, downloaded and we can do it together. And then this content inventory sheet, I'll take you through that as well. There's some other resources on here um, that I won't go through now, but the two main ones for at least this first webinar are those two um, canvases there. So let's just go back to the slide deck so that I can show you some examples and I'll just do a little new share to make sure that we're all fine. Okay, so here is that template um, and this example is Pitt and Sherry. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they're an engineering um, company. I'll just make sure that I haven't missed out anyone. Um, just some people haven't been make sure that they're entered. No way you can't do that, but that's okay. Um, okay, so in full screen mode, here is the template. So I guess the thing that, um, sorry, I'll just try and get rid of that if I can. I might have to go back and I'll eventually drop off. Um, this template I find is really useful. It's um, if you ever need to look it up, it's the business model canvas. And if you look that up on YouTube or um, just in Google, it'll come up. But the template isn't really editable. So the one that I've dropped in um, that training is, it's, it's very similar to this. Let me just sort of outline what, what it covers and then um, how we've done this for Pit and Cherry and, and then Edible Beauty. So the key thing around this is um, really looking at your business on one piece of paper rather than a 40 page document. And it actually is much harder to do <laughs> because you've got to synthesize it. So um, what I really am asking you to do is to do this in light of the environment that we now have. And by doing this, hopefully you'll identify some opportunities that perhaps you haven't thought of. So in terms of core capabilities for Pitt and Sherry, these are the sort of things that they do from asset management all the way down to environmental engineering, um, geotechnical, structural, etc. Um, so that would be a matter of looking at that for your business. In terms of the value configuration, it is what is it that they do, similar to the value proposition, but what is it they do that they're experts at? And so for them, it's really about um, working in brownfield um, assignments and projects where they can show their expertise. Um, under the network supplier, it's who do you work with? And that could be anything from, you know, software vendors all the way through to business partners. Um, I'll skip over the value proposition because we'll come back to that. Um, in terms of your customer relationship, I know some of you have got a channel that you sell indirect, some of you sell direct. Um, 
but how do you actually form a relationship? Is it um, based on a segment? Do you use a CRM? Is, is everyone treated the same? Is there a um, tally sales uh, group that have that relationship? And then your distribution channel, how do you actually engage? And I guess that's always um, changing. So if your distribution channel was more, um, you know, perhaps even going out and doing sales calls, how does that change now? Um, given their environment. So looking at all of those things. And I guess the last bit, which these are the two that I find really important is the value that you now offer and is has that become redundant? How do you need to change that? And who are your target customers? And have they changed because there's little or no opportunity or you need to refocus? So looking at that in some detail should give you... Um, I guess some elements to be able to work on. So when we did this for Pitt and Sherry, we didn't just pull this out of um, talking with one another. This was really based on doing some research with our competitors. So where we sat with them, we asked some of our key customers and some of the customers that we lost in terms of what were we doing and what weren't we doing um, to be able to formulate that value proposition. Um, and what came out was this issue of risk and that would be really important at the moment with people trying to mitigate risk and really contain any sort of hemorrhaging of costs um, and, and projects. So that, that was important. In terms of who they were talking to, just ensuring that they're talking to the right person and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in, in the next slide. Um, but within this example, it's who do they need to be talking to now? Is one segment more likely to have some growth than another? And then going down to the bottom, what's the cost structure? What's flexible and what's fixed costs? And how can we look at that um, given what we're now exposed to? I know I was reading the other day in terms of telecommuting, in terms of rental um, you know, I think that real estate have got a challenging issue from commercial perspective with lots of people trying to mitigate that cost by getting their employees as much as possible to work from home and therefore, um, you know, having a smaller envelope in terms of those rental costs. So any way to mitigate that is part of that conversation. And then the revenue streams, this is where it really pays to have that sort of blue ocean talk, that innovative talk about, well, what can we do to be creative about our revenue streams um, now that things have turned upside down? And so initially that might be difficult, but as we go through this process, um, I'll show you some examples of that. So that's the audit with the B2B one. Who, basically, what are you doing? Who are you working with? Um, how, how is that relationship formed? Who are the people you need to target? What is the value that you now offer? And that's the thing that you really need to focus on along with your customer and then your revenue, how's that going to change? Um, and again, is this, a, is this a three week, three month, three year proposal in terms of the planning that you do, given that things are likely to be in some sort of shutdown mode for at least 
the rest of this year. I'll come back to this side in a minute. I just want to go through the, um, the consumer example. So this is a consumer example and it's the same. It's just got slightly different headings here. Um, so this was done for Edible Beauty and Edible Beauty, like some of you I know are in, the, um, in that sort of uh, space around health and wellness. Um, they have a number of partners that they work with in, um, in Australia and New Zealand. Um, and they also sell through um, partners as well as direct. So there's um, always a challenging managing channel conflict and, and the resources in terms of that. So the partners they work through, um, how they actually get to market, a big part of their cost structure is marketing in terms of it's a very um, concentrated space, the beauty and wellness um, arena. So how do you get the cut through in that? And honestly, the way that we've been able to make it a difference is in two of these areas. One was to actually focus rather than um, on a target market from a perspective of everyone, we really tried to hone it down to our ideal customer and ideal customer within this market. So we sort of have four target markets, but the one that we really want or the dream audience for us is somebody that's really health conscious, that has a significant um, level of knowledge about health and wellness. And so to focus in on that changes our whole marketing platform and also our value proposition. And we'll show you how we, we've done that and how we've pivoted to change that revenue stream accordingly. So basically the same proposition, we went through and looked at everything and tried to hone it down um, to create some, I guess more focus, if you like, on what we were trying to do. I might just um, open it up. Uh, oh, I should be able to unmute everyone. At all. Um, is there any questions that anyone has just on that particular um, template? I just wanted to check in. There's no open questions at the moment, but if anyone's got any questions, just put your hand up <laughs> and I'll, oh, there's one in chat. Let's just have a look. Um, so how do you get access to, uh, I will be giving you access to this slide deck um, Kim, if you don't have access to the um, seminar uh, um, work templates afterwards, I'll make sure that everyone has, has access to that as well. Um, any other questions that you might have? If you need to ask a question, you can just go into chat and um, I just want to answer them as I go, go along. So Carol, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, yep. um, look, I think it's often good to do where the business is today or prior to prior to COVID and where it might be. Yeah. So you can see the some of the changes that that may need to be brought into existence. So as I said, one of my clients, they did face-to-face -face consults before and now they're doing all tele telemedicine. So basically from the future, they're going to more likely be doing that. And so they're actually changing their whole 
structure of the business arising out of this. So it's a good compare and contrast exercise for people to actually understand where were, where were we before, but um, where could we be? What, what could we change? Um, some, of the, some of the consumer behavioural changes. Oh, sorry. I think I just muted you. Oh, sorry, Ken. Um, I, I'm right now. So yeah. some of the consumer behaviour changes have, are, are driving new behaviours. So um, even for ourselves, I mean, I used to nearly always do face-to-face -face meetings, but now we're doing a lot of Zoom calls. But mm -hmm. because, you know, face-to-face -face meetings were seen as the premium way to communicate with clients, and it is, but people's expectations are different now. They're happy to have Zoom meetings. And so it's a lot easier for, it saves them time. They don't have to go to the office. I don't have to go to their office. And so people are accepting it. So those implications are, are, are taking place in terms of consumer behavior as well. And so how can we, how can we actually um, take advantage of those mindset changes that are taking place? Yeah, 100%. And you know it's a good thing. It's a it's a it's showing, you know, how flexible we can be. So I think that that's hitting it right on the head. Does but, anyone else have a, an yeah. example where they could share? Yeah, that'd be great. If you just want to put your hand up or um, hit the chat, I'll open it up. Nothing at the moment. Well, that's okay. Um, we'll come back to you and I'll keep an eye on the questions. Um, here's some um, data, just some of the things that you might want to think about that fit in those spaces. Um, so in terms of costs, I mean, now's the time to renegotiate some contracts um, that you may have had with existing suppliers as others might be doing with you. So the time for being flexible, you know, and, and being able to meet the needs of your customers and also ask for that flexibility in return. Some of you might have heard that the RACV were giving back something like three months of the membership to people who couldn't use, um, use it during the, the COVID to show, I guess, some give back. And I've seen that done proactively, which is a really good PR and goodwill thing um, for particularly those companies that use um, subscription models. So being able to be proactive rather than reactive and wait for that um, renegotiation, actually um, do that up front, which, um, which can be a win-win. Um, invoice factoring and being able to use flexible finance might be a solution for the short term anyway. So there's, there's ways and means to get around um, cash flow issues. Um, obviously, there's the offering of discounts, and I've seen this in the last two weeks, uh, particularly as people, I think, probably are now thinking about more of a longer term and the stability if, um, particularly in Australia, that government incentive for childcare, the, the job seeker and or um, the seeker, I think the other one, job finder, I can't remember what the other one's called, but as they may disappear in September, um, the anxiety around that um, with retail 
uh, there's a lot of discounts happening. And I imagine there'll be something like the Black Friday close to the end of this financial year to try and bring in or bring forward some, um, some of that cash flow. So um, where there are government incentives, and um, I'm sure Ken can talk to this in terms of being able to leverage funding to, um, to be able to pivot, I think that's something that you want to take advantage of um, in terms of getting some strategic advice and taking time to actually work on your business while you can. Um, in terms of demand, we're going to talk about this, but there might be an opportunity just to serve a new market temporarily. So it may not be a long-term thing. Um, I um, usually get my hair done at a hairdresser. I wasn't comfortable going in there knowing you know, what they, what steps they would take in terms of COVID. I was really waiting for them to take the step and um, customise their offering to me by sending out, look, Dan, I know you normally get your hair done. We know that you're, you know, blonde, seven point, whatever. We'll send you out, um, you know, for a percentage of the cost that we would normally do you know, your kit so that you can maintain it in these times. But instead, they didn't do that. They remained open. I'm sure their business, you know, has suffered significantly. But had they have pivoted, I would have taken that up. Instead, I saw on, I think it was Instagram, another company in Malvern, which is a suburb in Melbourne, that pivoted called The Shade. And they did exactly that. Although mine could have a little bit more of a touch up, but you can see how businesses have, have pivoted to meet that demand and some haven't, even if it's a short term. So we're going to talk more about that and how perhaps you might be able to package things up differently um, and or service them differently, like Ken said, with some other form of um, interaction. So, um, you know, applying for government grants, reviewing the business model, um, and really looking at your key contacts and how you contact them is all part of that business model and really trying to work out what, what we challenge within that. So um, moving on from that, I just wanted to then look at, so that's the business model part. Just before we leave that, I just want to swing over to um, the, oh, you can see that, that's good. Um, swim over to this resource and Kim asked, yes, I will make sure that you all get this. You should have got a, uh, an email, but if you haven't, I'll re-forward it so you can um, access all of this. Um, so the business model canvas, as I said, that's what we've just gone through. This inventory um, content worksheet is probably the next most important thing that we go through. Um, I've also got in here a SWOT analysis. So as Kim was saying, you know, what does it look like now? Even to just do this again is another sort of tool to ask, you know, your business the questions it needs to ask. Um, but let's just go through to the communication section um, and how you now start communicating um, with your audience. So before you actually start communicating, the first thing that we really need to do is audit what communication you've got going at the moment. And so just to take you back a step, 
um, I've done this with both the audiences that we were talking about. Let's just have a quick look again. Um, so with Pitt and Sherry, which is kind of amazing, but it, it, it doesn't cease to sort of amaze me that every company that I go in doesn't seem to have an audit list of um, either the services and the customers that they serve. And Pitt and Sherry is quite complicated because they serve a number of different verticals with a number of different services, specialities and other technical areas. This is an example of what they serve and who they serve, which is one, I guess, little table that sort of sits alongside this. But in terms of content, just even doing a content audit of what you're communicating when and who to. So this is an example. Um, this is from uh, um, Edible Beauty in terms of what, and you don't have to list every article, although we have, and I'll show you that, but what are the topics and themes that you're communicating about? What format are they in? Um, and, and so here we've got eBooks, blogs, brochures, videos, and other. And then what is that actually sending out as a message to the market? So doing that before you actually look at what you're going to communicate is a really fantastic idea. Let me just see if I can bring up, hopefully you can see that now. Can I yeah, you can yeah. So this is a content planner that I use um, with one of my, in fact, all my clients use this because I just like to have everything on the one page. And this content planner is one of those downloadables. So you can have access to a blank one of these. But in the first page of it, we've done an audit. And so every piece of content that we've got, and look, some of you may have only a few pieces, some of you may have a lot, but being able to put it into some sort of table so you can see it in its entirety is a really good idea. Not only does it help, you um, plan but it also gives you a really good basis for your search engine optimization and often many of you've got enough content you actually just need to reword it um, to make it relevant so again this is by content type um, so here was blogs videos um, and then we also did it by date, but also this business is based around skin type so we had all of the different sorts and um, and so that we could search by that and the products, the ingredients are really important and hopefully you can make this relevant for your business, be it, um, you know, technical or otherwise, so that you can see everything in one sheet and then the link to what it is. Now, the reason that we did that is we can then see, um, you know, everything that we've got as an asset and then we can, look at how to use it. We also have a sheet that looks at some of our competitors and what they're doing and how they do that so that we don't have to make things up from scratch, which is really important. Another great idea was to actually look at all of our reviews and put them into some sort of order so that we could use them um, within our communications, be it an email, be it on the bottom of an invoice, be it um, in social media, etc., so that we could access them rather than have them in lots of different spots. Um, so getting back to auditing, I think this is the first step um, and 
doing that then allows you to go forward and sort of plan and we'll look at the planner in more detail in other sessions. So um, I think that that's a really key important thing to consider. Um, so doing that, the template's there for you. Any questions on that particular process of auditing what you have? Just have a look in case there's any questions. No? Okay. So there are two things that are really worthwhile doing. Um, let's go forward now and see what, I'll just put it back in before Kim reminds me. <laughs> um, full mode. Um, oh, sorry, there's something sitting at the bottom that makes it a bit difficult. There we go. Okay. So we've looked at, I guess, the... Um, your business model and what's going on. I think now it's what are you going to communicate? So after you've done that audit, I think it's about looking at your audience and actually thinking about what makes sense in terms of communicating with them. So there's sort of three different major audiences. There's consumers, there's your business, um, your individual consumer behaviour, as apart from the sentiment that they carry and then businesses and we'll look at that in each section because I know some of you have different audiences so the sentiment is really around as I said before you know feeling um, safe feeling there's no risk um, really trying not to be anxious to have business as usual to feel comforted so it's really about trying to do that and how you can do that is in a number of ways. Um, I find that, look, it doesn't really matter which website I visit. It's more talking about um, your business, less talking to your customer. So I think just being able to empathise with them is a really important um, element to communication in any format. Um, so being calm but also reassuring about your business, um, showing some understanding and also some listening. I think that that's really important. It's a really um, great time to perhaps um, show that you're listening through your communication mes messages. Um, a lot of businesses, and you will have seen this, have um, sent communication showing how that they're adapting their business as usual in light of COVID. And I think that that's a great example and best practice of doing that, um, how they're adjusting what they're doing in their communications. Um, so that's something that you need to do. I think visuals and short videos are obviously a great way to go. And people often get hung up on you know, well, I can't make it look fantastic. As long as the voice quality is great, um, I think people can forgive amateur video skills as long as they can hear the message. Um, this storytelling element, particularly for customers, being able to share examples, successes, wins, they're the things that people really remember. So even within your... Um, other customers or within your employees, they're great messages to also send. In terms of the behaviour, we know as we've looked back on that, you know, we're all buying more online. Um, we're likely to be buying local and 
you know, this contactless, be it delivery service that, um, you know, that's left by the gate, that's for retail really important and understanding that that's important for consumers. Um, so acknowledging that within your uh, customer's journey and then picking the right communications for that. So in the next session, we're going to look more at how the customer journey has changed and how you need to adapt your communication for that. But I think for now, it's really about auditing what your messages are and making sure that anything that went out, perhaps it was automated that isn't relevant anymore, that you adapt that and make that more um, in line with what business is, is experiencing right now. Things like chatbots um, and pop-ups have become more um, favourable. I think my thought process around that is um, it really is personal over functional. So as long as that's manned and actually aids that customer, it's okay. But if it's um, impersonal and impractical, then it can be a hindrance to your brand. Um, so just think about that. In terms of social media, as I said before, it's really about trying to connect your business with your customers in retail and show that, you know, you are human and that, um, you know, and I think it's okay to share those stories. Um, and then, again, to drive demand, I think we'll see a bit more before the end of financial year around discounting as... Um, stores open up but also as um, people are watching their wallets with this uncertainty for business as um, ken said it's hyper digital um, we're really trying to um, use that in a proactive way and keep costs down um, but businesses are re-looking at their portfolios and revising what they go to market with so that's um, some examples of perhaps keeping your customers up to date with how things have changed with your strategy. Um, and one of the most important things you can do is adapt your um, communication online with things like Google, um, Google your business, update you know, your protocols with that just so that people can see. An example of this was I booked a, um, a night at a restaurant locally in Oakley using the Fork app and went through the whole process, confirmed it. It even sent me a text message. And when I got to the business, it had closed down. So a really bad experience for me, but also for that software. So just making sure that you're up to date um, in all the platforms is really important as well so that that experience isn't like mine. <laughs> um, I'll just check if there's no questions on that. Let's just keep moving. And then I'll do in the last section, web changes that perhaps you can make. Um, let me just go back to this. So really having um, done the audit, you might find that um, you don't have a lot of content. Often I find B2B find it difficult, but really you, 
I, I keep saying to most B2B customers, you only really need one or two really good, high quality, engaging, informative pieces that can make a world of difference to your customers. Um, and so you all know what that is. A good starting point for this is to ask um, your customers and ask the sales force what questions they're asked. It could be, you know, some tips and FAQ. It could be a calculation that you do that your clients or customers need to do. It could be some research. It could just be sharing someone else's research. Um, you know, as long as you've got permission to do that, you don't necessarily have to create it from scratch. So really looking at how you can assist and create goodwill um, can be not only a good lead generation, but it can be something that defines you in this time. So finding those helpful, resourceful things is, um, is a good brand building exercise. Just in terms of um, content, we can see that Google has moved from sort of three and a half billion searches to six billion searches in a matter of sort of weeks during this um, COVID experience. And that sort of hasn't changed. There's more searches going on as we're online more. That being the case then, there's more of a, more evidence that your business really needs to be online to exist, even if it's done face to face. There's a larger proportion of time that should be spent on your online footprint. And this is sort of an interesting um, model down below that sort of says the different formats of content marketing. Content marketing being, you know, doing a blog on your website, sending out an email communication, doing PR, doing social media, all those sorts of things. And it looked at what, um, what you could be doing and what the return was over time. And so the best um, advice that I can give in agreement of this particular article, I can add it into the resource module of, um, of the training, is to do a constant um, update of content over time. So rather than, you know, employ somebody and get them to churn out a whole lot of content at once, um, doing some consistent content touches over time is the best way to actually be found and get a good return. Um, so if you haven't ever invested in content creation, I think that could be a really smart strategy. It's just picking then the right vehicles for your audience. Um, and we'll go into that in the next seminar in more detail. Um, and here's a little milestone as well. It's sort of saying that, um, you know, most of the online search, uh, on, online traffic begins from search. So if you're not sort of spending time ensuring that, you know, you're found and your content gets found, um, then that's something that you need to focus on and that content is much more powerful than paid advertising. So you can see here paid advertising is huge, but over time the content will do better. 
Let me just switch modes for a second. If there's any questions, let me know and I'll, I'll um, tackle those. But let me just switch over to um, this format that sort of shows the differences in um, times of crisis of what we're spending time on. So you can see that there's more texting, there's more reading online and social media and, you know, print news has gone down because obviously we're all watching it online in real time. But you can see that, you know, these four particularly have gone up, um, you know, over the last few months. And so that's something that you need to consider in terms of how much time you spend being present. In terms of you being able to think about what sort of communication you need to be sending or how you create content, there's three different tools here that you can use. BuzzSumo is a tool online where you can um, put in a topic and it will come back with suggestions of content. And it can be just enough to trigger some ideas um, to help you format something that's newsworthy or relevant to your audience. Answer the public is a similar thing, but it's really about asking a question and what this tool will do is answer that in as many platforms as it can find on the web. Really useful if you're um, launching something and you wanna see what else is out there, but particularly if you're looking at trends as well. Um, similar to that is Google Trends where I've accessed a lot of this information to see what's current. So there's some examples. If you haven't got any content and you need to start creating that digital footprint, there's, um, there's some resources that you can go to. Um, so let us now just flip back again to the slide deck and I'll take you to the final section, which for this webinar is a few tips. I haven't gone in depth into these um, because in the next couple of webinars, we, we dig down deeper into these as we sort of examine some more ex examples of businesses that have pivoted. But I think it's worthwhile for those of you, I know some of you are only attending this one, to give you some tidbits to take away. So here's some um, content tips for you and I'll let you read through them, but generally, um, it just gives you some ideas of things that you could look at right now. So in terms of SEO or search engine, here they've got local SEO as well, which just means within you know, your local vicinity of where your business is. Um, and obviously this is high, high, low, medium. So you can have a look at each of these um, and where they are in the funnel. And the funnel refers to the journey of the customer from initially meeting you or hearing about your business to being aware of a problem and then looking for different options to perhaps having a taste or uh, an experiment with your business or perhaps a call to, um, to then using your product or service and then recommending or referring that. So this is about where all of these come in that funnel and then how often you need to do each activity. So I'll leave, um, I'll forward this slide deck onto you afterwards, but it gives you some examples of some things that you might wanna look at under each. Um, but I just wanted to take you through the web strategy 
at the moment. So one of the key things that you can do is to have a look and audit your website. So right now, um, we've talked about auditing your business using the business model. We've talked about auditing your content using the content planner. And the last element of that is obviously your website. So before you want to set up your website content and make sure that you're found in Google, you really want to make sure that your website's working well. A way to do this really quickly, actually I'll just flip back because this is a lot of information, but I think I've got this on here. Um, let me just check at the bottom. No, you can go to Neil Patel's site. I'll just put it on here now so you can have a look. Neil Patel um, is a well-known guru in um, SEO. And if you go to his site, he's got something called Uber Suggest, and it's a free platform. I use lots of paid platforms. Um, SEMrush is one, RFs is another, even Google Analytics. But this particular platform, particularly for those people who, you know, have no idea about SEO and how to be found, um, you can put in your domain here and it will bring up some information about uh, that straight away. So it's worthwhile um, putting your domain in here. Let me just, I'll just put it on for a second. Actually, I'm, yeah, okay. And then um, you can choose, so say you've got more than one um, place where you're located, you can put that in. Um, obviously, we would do Australia here, but you can do it for each and then you can hit search and what this will do is it'll go and do a crawl across your website basically it's using google analytics to do this but the really good thing about this tool is it will give you some suggestions on how you can improve your website how you can improve some of those keywords they're the words that people are putting into google to search for your product or service it can also provide some content ideas so some key content ideas for you what are your top pages it can you can even put in your competitors in here and it will um, pull up some information about that as well so you can see it comes up with uber suggest here um, it may not work for me at the moment because i've got so many tabs open but you guys can do that afterwards um, I think it's a really good tool that can give you a starting point because there's no good doing all of this hard work and, and you know, your site's not working for one reason or another. Um, so that might be useful for you as well. Let's switch back and we'll just do a, a quick dive on this. So that tool will give you an idea of um, some of these elements these are just some that you can go through. So making sure you've got a site map, that's basically a framework that Google can look at to make sure that each of your pages are actually seen. Um, in WordPress, there's a plugin called Yoast. If you're using a different site, you can probably still get this plugin um, and your technical support could add that in. Um, looking to see if you've got duplicate content, there's a tool here that can check. That's also a real no-no because if you do, um, Google doesn't like that and could um, make your site not rank as well. Choosing the right um, keywords you saw on um, Neil Patel 
you know, you might find if you put in your competitor that they've got 25 keywords and you've got 12. Well, they're always going to um, outrank you if they've got more keywords or they're more relevant to your audience. So um, making sure that that's up to date is worthwhile. In terms of keywords, we'll look at this in a bit more detail in further um, seminars, but keywords need to be in your content heading, so the heading on your page and within the text on your page as well. As we saw before, like consistently publishing quality content will overrank paid spend. So, you know, looking at your whole marketing tactics um, in light of that, it's good to have a mix and a balance. And if you've never done a lot of content, now's the time to perhaps start looking at that and how you can be helpful to your customers and which platforms you're going to use. Um, this is promote, promote, promote. I would say, um, yes, it's worthwhile being engaged in social media, but the rule is, you know, you need to do two gives to one take, which is two things that are helpful or useful or educational to one thing, which is an ask, you know, follow, like, promote. Um, so that's just a rule of thumb. In terms of um, earning backlinks, this is getting a little bit technical, but when you use that Neil Patel tool, it'll show you who else has linked to your site. And a little tip, like if you've got um, government sites, media sites, um, industry bodies linking to your site, or if you're able to put a link, perhaps you're part of an industry, that will really help you in terms of your credibility, not only for your customers to see who, who you're a part of from an association point of view, but also from Google, that your site's a trustworthy site, so that's worth doing. Um, I think even just going to your website or getting someone that doesn't know your business to go to your website and just seeing what their impression is and how easy it is to find what you're looking for, I think that that's um, a really compelling thing to do. And if you're going to link to something, make sure that that's a high quality link. So again, you know, if it's a media outlet or a search or a government department, just make sure that you've researched that um, as well. Um, a lot of people aren't or still haven't made their sites mobile friendly. I know with WordPress, you can actually get a plugin to do this or get a developer and with other platforms, it's really important now. I know that 66% generally are using um, a mobile device to find uh, that initial first search. So it's important to do that. Have a look at what your competitors are doing and, and stay on top of that because it might give you some ideas, but it also, the ones that are really working, it gives you some um, key terms that you might be able to leverage. And as I stated before, you know, it's worth Googling your business and see if you're reflected on um, Google My Business because if you can claim your business on Google, it will make it much easier for your customers to find you, whether you're a B2B or B2C business. Um, perhaps the last factor, and then I'll just show you an example of a, um, a website that we're working on and what it is now and what it's going to be. Um, some on-site factors that sort of summarise what I've been going 
talking through is um, if you can keep your content to um, a certain topic, then you become, I guess, the credible owner of that topic. So, for example, I, I have a lot on my website about customer centricity, customer journey mapping, customer centric marketing, because that's, uh, that's my area of expertise. So I think to be able to do content and stay on a theme will definitely work well for you with Google. It's called like pillar content. So to have one pillar and have all of the questions and elements around that is much better than using a lot of diverse pieces that might give you a lot of information about a lot of little things, but not show your expertise. Um, I think that, you know, you having the best answer about something that you're an expert on, you like that's that one piece of content that's really valuable. So if you can do that, you're on your way to um, creating a really good, what we call lead magnet or something that people will seek out just because, you know, you've got the best resource. And then the variety that you can use in terms of images text, videos, we'll talk about this when we do a deep dive, but things like Canva, um, things like um, Unsplash, other tools that have um, free assets are great resources, especially in B2B where there doesn't seem to be as much stock or images used. It can be a really great um, resource. Before I just... Um, wrap up I just wanted to quickly show you this website that we're working on so that you can see the differences before and after in terms of us going through this um, audit so let me just show you now we've just been I'll just check it, see if there's any if you've got any questions um, just let me know I'll just close this for a second See if I can get into. Sorry, I think I'll close it on. So, Edible Beauty is um, currently on one site for Australia and New Zealand. Let me just. Can you see that, Dawn? Yep. Yep. Um, and while this website has undergone some changes in terms of, we've tried to simplify the menus. Um, we used to have a lot more up the top. We're also, this brand's also about personalising. So if you want to see some examples of um, what we think are high valuable content, some of them are in here that you can have a look at. Um, but we've now um, revamped this whole website. It's about to undergo its build and I'll show you what it looks like. By going through this exercise, um, and looking at what customers want. So, for example, um, I'll just show you a search. We know that customers, you know, certainly several months ago, weren't able to get, um, you know, go and try these products in Sephora and everything because all the sampling and everything, I think it still is largely, you weren't able to get. So we updated this website so that people can get a sample online. So just pivoting all the time, thinking about what's going to make a lot of sense um, is important. So, but that's the old site. Let me just show you an example of the new site. 
because it's still in development. So this is the new site that we're working on um, that's taken into consideration lots and lots of feedback from um, our clients uh, or our customers, our, um, our business partners, the channel, um, and also, you know, where we are at the moment in terms of the environment. I'm just bringing this up, hopefully it's going to load. Come on. We've got one more try. Doesn't want to, does it? Well, maybe I can, um, let me just see if I can. No? Well, maybe. Let's see if that's the wonders of technology. Here we go. I think it's loading. Did it load? Oh, here we go. Can you see that? Yep. Okay. So this is only a prototype. It's not the full site. But I, I, I thought this was worthwhile showing you a transformation of what we were at and where we are now. So what we've done is we've emphasised a few things because of where we are at the moment. Wellness has become a really important part of this site. Um, and also part of their brand has become this inner outer health because, um, you know, that's where we are at the moment. So being personalised was a trend that we already had seen in the market um, for this brand, but wellness has become even more important. So stay well is, a, is an important message that resonates at the moment and personalised is something that we saw coming through the industry itself. Um, so we've also had a look at trying to make this as simple as possible and um, we've audited this so that it's, you know, logical, easy to find um, and so the navigation works much more intuitively. Uh, but there's other things that we've done as well. So we've also built things in that make it a better experience. Um, we've built out this content reservoir, if you like, for things that we think people or that ideal customer would really want. So if they're the curious type, they'll want to know what's in the ingredients. So we've got a directory. They'll want to know how to do things and toxins to avoid. This is just a, a prototype. So not all of these are built out yet but I guess you get the message. So we've really tried to build out this reservoir of that helpful content and even divide it up. But there's some examples there of the sorts of information that you could build depending on what your business is. Um, we've also built out this personal part in more depth so that once people sign in, it actually is personalised to their experience and it looks at exactly what are the recommendations for them based on what they need and what they're experiencing. So a whole new way of thinking about um, engagement and 
about finding information. Um, and that's all come about directly through those elements that I was talking to you about this whole seminar. So doing the business audit, doing the content audit. We also did some research and, um, and content planning and, and, and auditing of our website and come, came up with this um, new sort of uh, format and I guess business direction. So what's changed then is um, if we think in terms of pivot, we've still got this natural skincare for editable beauty, but this has become another important element. And I guess the brand differentiator, if we were going to look at their value proposition, it is really these two in combination that make them unique, that inner outer um, health. So hopefully that gives you an example of um, how it is all pulled together. I can just see one question there. Let me just bring that up. Uh, yep, I'll make sure that everyone can get access to it. I'll just, um, just go back to that final um, summary. Thanks for that question, Kim. Just uh, move that off. Sorry, it's, once you put it down there, it's sort of hard. <laughs> um, just see if I can move that. It just wants to sit there, doesn't it? I'll have to work that out for next time. Okay. So, so for the next time, what you will what we'll be going through in more detail will be um, how to innovate. So we only really touched on that and Ken said, have you got any examples? I'll have a lot of examples in the next seminar. Um, I'll be showing you examples of how um, different organisations have segmented their audience or have repositioned their offering or have even potentially upsold um, to pivot their business. So we'll have a, a little bit more information about perhaps some inspiring examples for you. We'll also look at how to be a digital connector and how to increase the impact of your digital presence. So we didn't really go into that today. That's about, you know, say if you're on social media, which platform and how to use it. So that's, um, that's step four. Step five is where do you actually need to double down in terms of where should you put any of your ability and your growth mindset, where should we be putting that, um, whether it's uh, resources or whether it's just energy? And we're going to look at some examples of doing that. And probably the most important and my favourite is, you know, what don't you know about your customers? Like how do you create insights? How do you create that research, which is often the... Um, launching pad for this business growth and for these ideas and we're going to go through that as well so you will receive if you're on the next um, webinar uh, some information about that you'll also receive the next section in teachable which will give you some background again most of this in teachable's background there's a separate slide deck and i'm recording this so i'll put that in with the slide deck afterwards in teachable and I'll make sure that everyone on this call has access to that. I might just hand over to Ken 
briefly, just in case he's got something else that he needs to say. I think there might be a follow-up questionnaire. Um, yeah, so just everybody, thanks, Danielle, for your insight today. It's always very down-to-earth and practical as usual. Um, Pleasure. If you, if you haven't signed up for the next webinar, which is next Thursday, same time, then I encourage you to do so. Look, if you have other people, I think, you know, there's still plenty of room there for other people to join the conversation if they want to be part of it as well. So I encourage you to look at Teachable and look at the resources there. I think that's what's probably unique about this webinar is the, um, the quantity and quality of the resources which are available, which you can actually take away and use. So um, I, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, Danielle's had a lot of success with in the Northern Territory, we've done a lot of work together and in a four year period, three of our clients won the Medium Telstra Business Award and two of them won the Overall Award. So I know that her marketing methodologies do work and I've seen it through many of my clients. So I would encourage you to just reflect on the information that you've been given today and ask some more questions. I'm sure Danielle will be happy to field some questions during the week if you want to touch base with her as well. So. Thanks again for attending and appreciate it and hope you get some, uh, join us again next, next Thursday, same time. Great. Thanks, Ken. And yeah, if anyone's got any questions, um, just raise your hand or send me an email. I'll, I'll forward you an email after this. Um, and we'll talk to you next uh, Thursday, the same time. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Really appreciated it. So good. Great. Thanks so much. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't see anybody. So, I mean, I, yeah, normally you can see the participants and couldn't even see who the number of people who were there. Hey, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this podcast. For more great marketing tips, go to Dan's blog at www.daniellemcginnis.com and sign up for her marketing tips or visit her website at www.mcginnismarketing.com.au. Catch you next time.